0: The world is not the, the like, kind to people who want this kind of, I'm the nicest, I'm going to survive. The world is not the survival of the nicest. It's just not. You could be a bloody nice person, but unless you play, you're going to get kicked. And again, like I know some bloody nice people, like they are seriously nicer than me, but they're getting kicked financially. welcome to the urban property investor I'm your host Sam saggers here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth today's show a code cracker we're gonna dig into a little bit of psychology well-being yes does that sound riveting I hope so and of course you may be thinking right now what the hell does psychology have to do with creating wealth from real estate well folks here's the truth it has a lot to do with it and I want to give you some insights into making sure that you're not cheating yourself out of future and better opportunity by not asking the world to deliver a better outcome for you. Hey, if it's your first time tuning into the show, welcome aboard. Make sure you play the show in double speed, get your life back. And of course, all the podcasts I've done are actually lessons on real estate. So if you want to dig into lessons on property investment, things like how to renovate, how to subdivide, how to depreciate, you can go back to past episodes. But I tell you what, I think you should stick around for this episode because well-being, economic well-being, financial well-being, relationship well-being, physical well-being, purpose well-being, social well-being, and of course your earning capacity well-being does come back to how you play this thing called life. Now, I want to give you a 15, 20-minute lesson on psychology so you can make the most of your world. So that is what we're doing today. I know that's left field compared to what I normally do, but I tell you what, I'm not a one-trick pony. I've got a lot of tricks up my sleeve. And uh, not only do I focus on real estate, but I also focus on myself And I've always focused on myself because I've learned early on that if you don't, you can easily slip off the economic track. When I look back on my life, I mean, other than growing up a Gopnik in uh, a street labeled Sydney's Chernobyl, I uh, spent my early economic years fundamentally broke and I literally would uh, get to the end of every working week with not a dime in my pocket and of course after many years of doing this I soon sort of realized that I'm going to get hurt further down the track by not actually taking responsibility for where I was in my life and of course today i certainly have a large peer group, I have some great social connections, and I know a lot of people. And today, still, it hurts me to see that a lot of people aren't asking the world the best possible questions, really just kicking the can down the road when it comes to their economic world. They're avoiding a problem today, and they're probably going to wake up with a massive problem tomorrow by not fundamentally playing the game. And of course, we live in a capitalist society Australia is a place where there is so much opportunity that you can create so you got to play the game and of course when I look back on my journey it was those early economic years where I drove a shit car couldn't pay the bills couldn't afford to rent that changed my economic viewpoint of life I literally sat down and did what am I worth What is my true net worth? What are my income? What are my liabilities? What are my assets? And I soon realized I was penniless. And for me to move forward in the world, I had to let go of the fact that I was pushing the responsibility of me being a better version of me to others. You know, I'd used to go to work in my early years and think my boss doesn't pay me enough. Uh, I used to think it was my boss that was having the problem. I'm perfect. I was thinking, you know, my family was a bunch of Gopniks. Uh, They messed up, not me. And I used to think really the world was messed up and I wasn't. And when I started to go, well, hang on a minute, the world's always been around. It's been around for tens of thousands of years. Maybe it's actually me that is the problem. If I change me, will I go in a better direction? And of course, I see this today. People today have a blind spot to growth. They have a blind spot or a fear of changing themselves, of bettering themselves. And I can tell you a lot of the people I see out in society who have empty assets, they may have a really good job and a lot of cash coming in but no assets to show for it, having worked 15, 20 years, not one single thing to show for it. A lot of them have other problems, uh, things like drinking problems. And so this manifests itself in many places. Avoiding economic health manifests itself in high cholesterol, drinking problems. It manifests itself in mental illness. Breakdowns. It manifests itself in social breakdowns, in divorce. And of course, uh, you live in a place, a country where the, the whole freaking world wants to come and live here. So the fact that we are blessed, we're not living in an economic frontier country. We're not living in a country where the slightest move of inflation just brings the whole house of cards down we are a tier one uh economic nation we are the 13 13th wealthiest country on earth so not playing the game is really potentially coming back to how you interface with the world so i want to tell you uh fundamentally that life is about human design yes today This podcast is really about designing a world whereby you control the world rather than it controls you. And we call that, in theory, human design theory. What problem do we have and how do we go and solve it? Now, economically speaking, we all have a problem. You know, there's no such thing as a born property investor. We all need to ask the right question to become a good property investor. There's no such thing as a born property investor. You have to go and do it. You have to ask the right questions. And again, uh, when we think about human design theory, it's that if we design our life it has more potential to unfold the way we want it to, to, to happen. And when I say that, like I'm as uh, crazy as the next person. Like I like doing variable things. I'm not as methodical as that may sound. But I'm a realist and I know that where people get to later in life is economically uh, quite often silly they waste too many economic years of their working life to end up in a place where their literally enjoyment of the day is going to coals. You do not want to end up in that place. So if you can design your life better, you're going to just have a better relationship with yourself further down the track. Remember, the decisions you make today is the lagging experience you're going to have tomorrow. Every day you wake up is a leading indicator for where you're going in your life next. And as such, we need to make some pretty brutal and crucial decisions today. And investment is one of them. Investing is actually a little bit perverted because we're taking today's money and almost betting that we will end up in a place better off tomorrow. And for a lot of people, that is a question they do not want to tackle. But when you think about how the economic well-being, if someone has economic well-being, they're more likely to fundamentally have enough money to not feel pressured at the end of the week. They can enjoy their weekends. They can take more time off because they've got the ability to have money for holidays. Uh, they potentially, um, you know, socially are not feeling out of their depth. They're not feeling shame wherever they go. So all of a sudden, money is just a meaning force, a certain thing. And for a lot of people, the meaning of asking for money is just some sort of freedom-based result. And again, I think the power of asking is quite often the problem. To get what you want, you have to ask for it. Now, I look at my lovely little Gopnik wife. Yes, I asked for a Gopnik wife. How did I go about doing that? Did I sit and smoke weed and play drums and manifest things and dance in the park under the moonlight? Well, no. I wrote them down and I said to myself, who am I suited to? What do I want? I've been uh, in and out of relationships for a long period of time. I know myself. I know the person who I would be connected to. Did I manifest my wife? Potentially I did. Did I do it in a way of smoking weed and playing drums and running around doing weird bongo things? No, no. I just simply, in my mind, decided who I was looking for and the law of reciprocity worked. That person appeared in my world and when they appeared in my world, I knew it was time to take advantage of that person and put a ring on that finger, so to speak. And I see this all the time with single friends of mine. I'm like, describe the person you want ask the question of whom you are looking for, and they can't answer that question. I was actually at a dinner with some friends, and one of the young ladies there was uh, was asked this particular question: "Who do you want? What do you want?" You talk and bitch and moan about uh, not having a husband or, a, or or the partner you're looking for, uh, and you know she could not answer that question that is not the world being mean to that particular uh, person. That is that person not taking responsibility to ask the right question. So again, like the power of asking gets you where you want to go in your life. When I go back to my early economic years, I was broke, I was asking the wrong questions. Then I started to formulate the right questions. Who and what do do I need to defeat to actually move up in this world? Where do I need to go in life? Who do I need to meet to actually uh, start to learn better behaviours? What do I need to do in this world to change where I'm at? And of course, that's great thinking that, but then you've got to go and take the action and do it and put yourself in the right situation. The power of asking is underrated. Now, once I asked for a million dollars. Yes, I went to a billionaire's office. I sat inside that billionaire's office. I thought to myself, I've got an idea. I think I can bring that idea to light. I do not have a million dollars. I'm going to ask for a million dollars. And guess what? I received a million dollars. Yes simply like asking and putting myself in a a position and having a formula, a plan, and being nice. Someone who was financially better off than me parted with a million dollars to me to go do something and build something I was passionate about. See, we all have limiting beliefs and there are beliefs that you need to tackle in your world. If you want to earn more, You need to ask the world how you're going to do that. Is that a pay rise? Is actually earning more from your job going to make you wealthier? Probably not. Actually, when I worked out that part-time I could make more from real estate than I could from my full-time job, it transformed my world. I recently heard inside my own company A great person I've been working with, um, helping mentor amongst other mentors, a young lady who just bought her fifth property, but that fifth property was her dream home. How many people live in their dream home? Most people do not live where they want to live. Most people do not get to live in their dream home because they're not asking the world the right questions that young lady, Haley, shout out to you. uh, She asked the world the right questions. How do I make money, more money than my job? How do I invest? How do I build an asset base? And how do I use that asset base to leapfrog into my dream home? What a powerful set of questions. And again, like I think Today, it's a little bit of a sermon because the market is creating a lot of uncertainty for people. And when people are uncertain, quite often they're just asking the world the wrong questions. And I don't think you want to cheat yourself out of a long-term legacy when it comes to investment. Now, interest rates are higher at the moment. Who cares? Are you going to cheat yourself out of 10 years worth of property growth and property market activity because the interest rates are high? Is that actually the right question to ask? Here's a better question. What type of property can I buy that gets a reduced interest rate amount? There's a more quality-based question. I can tell you right now inside the real estate market, if you buy a property with a certain thermal efficiency, you can go to a uh, certain level of lenders and ask for a green star loan and they'll instantly discount the interest rate you pay see there is an answer to every riddle the point of the conversation is you've got to ask the right questions and of course uh this could be from anything right like you could be going for a job interview you have to ask for the job i want the job uh you could be if you're um hoping to get something off your partner for Christmas. Like, they're not mind readers. Ask for what you want. I want this specific thing because it's going to change my world and put me into a better place. Ask for it. Ask and you shall receive. So why don't we ask for what we want? As I alluded to, I've been asking ever since I went through my first economic period of my life where I was a gopnik and broke, I've been asking the world to deliver. Deliver better people. I've been asking the world to deliver money. I've been asking the world to deliver growth personally. Um, And the world continues to deliver. Sometimes I describe my life as a massive sliding door, but by virtue of asking to go through the right doors, I come across Um, some interesting interesting ways to play this game called life now remember you need to make sure you're in a conscious state with all this stuff and there are just too many people who today are just what we call unconsciously incompetent they don't know what they don't know and because they don't know what they don't know and put themselves in a place to know They are fundamentally going very much backwards in life. And I have these conversations all the time. I have this conversation recently with a friend. They thought they could never buy a property. They didn't know they could. They thought instantly their income and their job would equalize to not being able to participate. Where this bias came from, that is a question for them. But they didn't know, but now they know. So all of a sudden they've gone from being fundamentally incompetent, unconsciously, to conscious. They are now in the know. And of course, this is the game of life. We've got to awaken ourselves to move through this uh, world so we can end up in a place where we want to be. Then we've got, obviously, the consciously incompetent. In other words, they know what it is, uh, and they don't know how to seek out knowledge. In other words, they know that it's there, but they just don't know where to go and find it. And of course, uh, that in itself is a major riddle for people. People know they should be a property investor. They are conscious about it but they don't really know how to connect the dots, what books to read, what podcasts to listen to, what events to go to. So they don't seek out the knowledge to deal with the incompetency. They uh, almost blatantly absolutely ignore it, which is probably, when you think about it, a deadly sin if you know you can do it you need to go and do it. Uh, and of course, um, then there's the consciously uh, uh, competent as opposed to the consciously incompetent. And they have the knowledge. They know where to go, which book to read, what podcast to listen to, what seminar to visit, what, uh, what property to buy. And they don't do it. And I know so many people in this space. They uh, spend 10 years not doing something they should do. And time goes so quickly. They wake up and all of a sudden their economic well-being changes faster than they think. All of a sudden, as a married couple, they could have consciously invested, bought five properties, set themselves up for life, and then they go and have a baby and have Uh, twins and then a third one comes along the way and before they know it their economic life has changed forever then this kind of spiral of why didn't we ask the right questions at the right time of our life starts to appear and they're consciously uh, competent but they don't do anything about it and again like for many, many people inside society, this is a real, real conversation. Please, uh, and you know, uh, I guess you know we need to understand that we all need to be moving forward and 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 making sure we set ourselves up for tomorrow. Where otherwise we're kicking the can down the road. Now, of course, um, I think there's some powerful questions you need to ask of the world. Uh, Big picture stuff when it comes to property anyway, Um, it could be a sequence like, how do I execute money to make it work for me? Like, how do I put money to work? Money is a multiplier. It just multiplies more money. And again, like if you're not being a capitalist, you're not going to multiply more money. You're going to work, waking up every day, exchanging your time, getting some income and then not multiplying that income. So uh, as a property investor, I mean, one of the coolest things is you just work in the multiplying effect. Um, You know, other questions. How do you make sure your income is greater than your needs? Now, this, this is a big, big question because this is where, again, like if I go back to my early years, my needs were greater than my income. And that in itself doesn't marry up to multiplying more money out in the marketplace so you gotta ask yourself these real questions are you putting yourselves in in a position to get the right answer or will you actually become quite unconscious to this and time passes you by uh other great property-based questions if you ask me are things like what team do i need to deliver my question? I mean, that is a powerful, powerful conversation piece. And really, uh, money working for you is just the idea of you becoming conscious. That's It's as simple as it needs to be. And again, like when I look at, I guess, how I became conscious, it was about building a team, right? Like you got to have a team of A-grade players. Like you don't go to the, you know, no one goes to the Olympics unless they're A-grade. So one way to become a grade is to build a great team. Um, Really, there's no such thing as a self-made person. They all reach their goals because they helped others and then others helped them. They joined a team, they contributed to a team and fundamentally a team helped them. So if you want to replace your income, you can't, just piss in the wind with this stuff. You've got to create a plan. You've got to have a roadmap. You've got to check into that roadmap. You've got to be asking the right questions. How much do I need to replace my income? How am I going to replace my income? What assets do I need to replace my income? Uh, Where and when will I start replacing my income? Now, as I often allude to, Investing is just a way to financial freedom. I mean properties are, are great. We love talking about them, but we wouldn't buy them if they did not lead to a financial well-being place. Now leverage and investing is 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 really the same thing. Investing is just leverage. How are you leveraging your time? Now we all go to work and work 10, 12, 13 hours. Uh, investing allows you to work uh 13 hours but then earn over a 24-hour period that's the beauty of investing when i uh one thing i love doing is working out over a uh 365 day year period all the hours in the day and how much money i was able to make by not working think of it that way right So investing is leverage, leverage is financial freedom, and the more you leverage, the more fundamentally in a capitalist society, you create financial freedom. And of course, that financial freedom ultimately then comes back into how you play the game. Remember, there is more money out there than you can poke a stick at, and you've just got to put yourself in a position to ask for it. I asked for a million dollars, I got a million dollars. I've asked for many other things and my strike rate of asking for things is actually incredibly high. And again, like I think for a lot of people in society, you need to rise past your current level of income. This is what happens to a lot of people inside society. And it's probably one of the root causes as to why most people end up on the pension is because when people... Uh, get to a place of where they feel like they've reached their maximum level of value, they go to sleep, they shut down, they become the fat and lazy lion in the zoo instead of the lion out in the wilderness. Now, let me give you an example. If you have earned $100,000 and that's your maximum level you've ever earned, Then, once you earn that, you typically feel safe. You may be running your life in that place. And the idea of going for 200,000 or 300,000 or 400 or half a ton actually means that you have to get outside of your comfort zone. So, you don't do it. Most property investors get to one property. And that's where the comfort zone ends. Most people uh, at that point are going, well, uh, I've kicked a goal, which is a great goal, by the way, well done for everyone who's got to one property. But then to push yourself further becomes a roadblock. And people almost value their self-worth at the point of the maximum they've ever earned, the maximum they've achieved. And pushing yourself beyond that becomes a real roadblock for many people. I see it all the time. People uh, become inherently uh, okay with where they are in their uh, economic life and don't push themselves. But what happens is they're kicking the can down the road because at the latter part of their life, Essentially, they're going to need more than potentially they feel they have at the start of their life. And remember, rule 20, right? If you uh, you need to multiply everything times 20 to get the same result of economics from real estate. Now, let's say you are earning $100,000 a year today and you got one property. That property is probably throwing out what? 20 grand a year in rent. Um, You're earning $100,000. You feel like uh, you're at the extreme end of this journey. Uh, You got an investment property, you got your family home and you've got an investment that's going to spit out $20,000 a year, 25, let's say $30,000. What is that going to do economically at the end of your life? Uh, let's say you know the rent's climb and it's $40,000 by the end of your life. You know you hold the thing for 40 years. Is that enough to actually financially retire on? Rule 20 is pretty simple. You know you earn $100,000 today times it by 20 you need $2 million worth of real estate. You need to pay off that real estate. That will throw you out around $100,000 in income. See, we need to 20x where we are in our world to get to a place we need to get to. And if we think about what that actually looks like, we need to rise past what we believe our self-worth is. We need to ask the world better questions. We need to get up, self in a place where we're asking, who is the best team to help me do this? Who is the best person to help me do this? Where do I go with this? Uh, what books do I need to read to do this? How much time do I need to, do, to, to devote to doing this? See, this is the game of life. And the game of life is about asking powerful questions. So I think people don't ask the right questions because, again, uh, there are some, some telltale signs as to why most people don't. I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? Right. What you don't know, you don't know. And I've mentioned this before, you know, we all rise to the level of incompetency. It's called the Peter principle. We rise to a level of incompetency. We rise to as much as we know. Unless we go and seek more information, we're going to rise to a level of incompetence, even ignorance. And of course, a lot of people bring in self-limiting beliefs into the conversation around the idea about going the extra mile, pushing yourself a bit further. I can only buy one property. That's what the bank said. Um, uh, You know, property investment's going to fail. That's what my friend said at a barbecue. Or my parents um, were never wealthy, so I'll never become wealthy. These are inaccurate beliefs their beliefs instilled into us and we got to kind of shower them off to make sure we're not asking other people's questions of the world you want to ask your own questions of the world which is incredibly important because if you don't ask powerful questions if you need a million dollars go and find a million dollars it's out there it can be done create a plan it happened to me it can happen to you you know, fear is one of the reasons why people do not ask the right questions. Fear of rejection. You know, the you might be single right now. The girl of your dreams is sitting, you know, in a cafe right now, uh, down the road, and you know you're too scared to say hello. That in itself is a fear, right? And we've all been there. We've all been rejected. And you got to brush that stuff off. I've been rejected more times than you can poke a stick at. But it will teach you something. And ultimately, if you don't have any fear about asking for help, asking for uh, the right questions in your world, you'll be driven to a much, much better place. I think a lot of people... Uh, don't ask powerful questions because there is some sort of self-esteem issue that some sort of money shame issue. And again, like if you want to hear a good yarn, go listen to my money shame, money shame episode. I talk openly about it. I grew up a Gopnik Kig in the Chernobyl street. Uh, you know, people thought I was weird. Um, I grew up with a lot of money shame. My dad worked at a market. Everyone else's dad was a lawyer, a doctor, uh, you know, a judge, uh, um, you know, a famous entrepreneur. I was the market stall kid who lived in a weird street that was full of uranium. Um, Not a a great place to start in this world. But what it did teach me was to shake off shame pretty quickly and move forward in my life because I got to deal with shame early. And again, like low self-esteem is something that is just comes back to a connection with yourself. Not fundamentally loving yourself enough to shake that stuff off. And again, it's a feeling which is not great. Money shame is something that a lot of people have. Uh, Money shame holds people back. Money shame is a sense of not feeling worthy enough. And again, when you're tackling the world from a place of not feeling worthy, you're not going to be asking the right questions to feel empowered. And, of course, uh, that is something you need to break the cycle of. And when we talk about the cycle of poverty, it is fundamentally one uh, broke parent passing on low self-esteem to a child who becomes another broke person inside society. And, again, like um, we can – Make all the excuses in the world that the world's bad, the world's mean. Um, you know, there's a there's a real underbelly at the moment, if you like, of like, well, you know, let's just let's just blame everything, blame the world, uh, you know. And and really, the best thing we can do as human beings is make ourselves much better to make the world a better place. And of course, I think you know probably the one thing that definitely comes into so many people I speak to who economically are not fixing themselves is pride. Like they just ego tells them that they're actually uh, too good to actually do even any of this stuff. And I see this a lot with a lot of executives that I coach, like they, they make so much money and their ego gets in their way and they are just, you know, job rich But asset poor, and I know much poorer people from a jobs point of view who just wipe them out when it comes to how many assets they've been able to create. And again, like a lot of it just comes back to a sense of they think they know best. They think they know. And again, I think, you know, the world is full of over-educated financial illiterates. I'll say it again, the world is full of over-educated financial illiterates and their pride gets in their way. And that listening to this, they'll they'll be full of pride going, you bastard, how can you call me an over-educated financial idiot or illiterate? Uh, and the reality is there is just so many people out there who are not asking the world the right question. I'm a super-educated but I don't know how to invest and there's nothing wrong with putting your pride aside to making sure you're building your tomorrow, your tomorrow land. So I personally have, uh, you know, just got a few, I guess, rules and I'll share them with you. My rules to life, if you like Uh, the first one is learn far more than is normal. Yes. Yes. Education is the key to life, and again, listen to the books, listen to the podcasts, go to the seminar, uh, spend your time wisely. Do the course; it all will take you in a better direction. It will make you ask the world better questions. Have a total growth mindset. Put, you know, your filters on to the rubbish. And just think, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to grow my economic position. It's not about being the richest. It's being about the most balanced. And of course, money just creates balance. It can also create a lot of tension. But if you're humble with money, it will create balance in your life provide this is the third one more value than what you expect in other words give more and you will receive back and again we today sometimes are living in a society where people expect rather than give And i can tell you uh when you give something of yourself to others you will get it back tenfold. And that is is really one of my passions of life. The reason I do this podcast is to give as much as I can. I expect nothing in return. Be known for being generous. Generous with how you look at the world, how you share your insights with the world. You probably have a piece of knowledge that you've obtained that someone Wants to learn from you from. There are more mentees than there are mentors in the world. So find yourself mentors. Mentors are hard to come by because there are way too many people that need mentoring. It's just the way it is. And again, like the more you don't ask the power of a great question, who can be my mentor, uh, you're not going to be heard. Mentors won't come to you. You need to go to them. That's how the system works. And, of course, uh, I think when it comes to you as a person, a great way to ask the world great questions is to create raving fans that love you for you. Love you for you, with all your faults. So again, like the world is not this the like kind to people who want this kind of. I'm the nicest. I'm going to. So the world is not the survival of the nicest. It's just not. You could be a bloody nice person, but unless you play, you're going to get kicked. And again, like I know some bloody nice people, like they are seriously nicer than me, but they're getting kicked financially. Right now, their rents are going up and their world is closing in on them. The cost of living's going up and nice ain't cutting it in the big bad world out there. So it is what it is. Remember, the questions you ask today are actually going to formulate the person you are tomorrow. So make sure you spend your uh, time, you know, listening to the right people, surrounding yourself with the right network and connections because, again, like if you spend the next five years of your life uh, reading the wrong books, listening to the wrong podcasts, hanging out with Nugget, your Drongo mate, um, who you can love, by the way, and, and hang out with, But if you spend all your time with that person and you're all going in the wrong direction, you know, your Pied Piper, if you like, is fundamentally the wrong person. And so make sure that you fundamentally start to ask the world better questions. I guarantee you, you're going to go in a better direction. And of course, financially, If you can ask the world great questions, you're absolutely going to crack the code of real estate wealth and what that will do to your social life, your uh, family life, your relationships and your purpose will absolutely come to fruition. It will shine through. You will find your purpose. Investing just creates purpose. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time as we crack some more codes when it comes to real estate wealth. Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.